Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at houseofcardsradio.com. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, we have some skin. Hello, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We've got a great show tonight, today, whatever time of day you're listening. We're going to be talking with Chris Grove. Chris is an expert on online poker. He is the author of the OnlinePokerReport.com, and we're going to be talking to him about the legalization of poker online in New Jersey. That's coming up in November and uh the effect that that legalization will have on online poker all across the United States. And then we have the product of uh, a trip that I had been planning for a long time. And in the process of planning my trip, which was to India, I got the name of a guy from India who uh, helped me plan everything out by giving me contacts in the part of India where I was going, Goa. His name is Bharat Agarwala. He's going to talk about the Indian poker scene, and he's the director of the Indian Poker Tour, and we'll talk about that. So I'm very excited about him. So stay tuned. We'll be back with Chris Grove.
Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to bzid.com. Bzid is your number one online auction source for brand-name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75 85 and 99% off retail. Go to bzid.com and use the offer code VIP and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code VIP to get three bids for the price of one. Go to bzid.com, B-E-E-Z-I-D.com, bzid.com. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at houseofcardsradio.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. The way I see it, poker's like some kind of cosmic metaphor. It's like even though the cards fall in a random order that you can't possibly predict, you can still beat them. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams from House of Cards. You're listening to House of Cards, and we are here with our guest, Chris Grove. Chris is an independent consultant in the online gaming industry. I was just reading over his bio. He says he's written over a million words about the subject of online gaming and the like, and we're here to talk to him about his new product, Online Poker Report. So, Chris, without further ado, welcome to House of Cards. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're pretty close to the million word mark yourself. I've been reading your writing on uh, various poker topics for the better part of a decade now. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I've probably written over a million words, some of them actually useful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when you string them together in good sentences, it's even better. I also was reading that you are a Hall of Fame inductee for the National Forensic Association. What is the National Forensic Association Hall of Fame? It's a pretty small Hall of Fame, and uh, it's not not one that you'll find a you know, physical place like a baseball Hall of Fame. But NFA is a collegiate association for competitive public speaking and debate. So that's something I did as a competitor in college, and then as a, a coach after I left college. So that's how I acquired that particular accolade. And you are a national public speaking champion. I, I didn't know there was a national public speaking championship. What do you do? How do you beat other people in a national public speaking contest? 
Uh, you decide that you're not going to have much of a social life when uh, you're in college. That's that's pretty much it. That's the first step, and it all kind of happens naturally from there. That's good. Well, then you're an ideal guest because you will never be uh, <laughs> short of important and interesting things to say. So tell us about your poker background and what you do with the online poker community today. What's your role and what's your background? Sure. I started off, as so many of us did, just as a player, got interested in online poker in the early 2000s. And the more I became interested in the game, the more I became interested in the community, the culture, and the industry that surrounded it. So I eventually transitioned from being primarily a player to being a player and an affiliate. And then after a few years of that, moved more into writing and consulting while still continuing to play and still continuing to do some affiliate work. And today, the majority of my time is taken up by reading about, writing about, thinking about and, and hoping feverishly for progress on the regulated front in the United States when it comes to online poker and online gambling. That's a very good and concise answer. Could you tell me this? My listeners are chiefly wondering about one thing, which is when will we be able to play online poker again? Now, part of that question reveals that, well, we all know you can play a little bit. There are U.S. sites, but they're small and they're not regulated, and maybe you'll get your money, maybe you won't. What do you, And, of course, you can play in Nevada now, and soon I guess you'll be able to play in New Jersey. Can you give us your opinion about the prognosis of playing online in the United States? Sure. November 26th is a huge date for everybody in the U.S., regardless of whether or not you live in New Jersey, and that is, of course, the day that the switch is supposed to be flipped on regulated online gambling and online poker in New Jersey. And the reason why I say it's a huge day for everyone, not just people in New Jersey, is twofold. First of all, because you don't have to be a New Jersey resident to play. You just have to be within the borders of New Jersey. So it actually does open up online poker to a pretty sizable population in terms of the amount of people who are within driving distance, within commuting distance in New Jersey. But second, and perhaps more importantly, is the fact that New Jersey is really going to be a linchpin when it comes to the momentum that we're going to see across the rest of the United States for regulating online gambling in the near term. And when I say Winston, what I mean is we're going to see a lot of states, looking in New Jersey and also on, on the lower level in Delaware, to see what kind of experience they're having with online gambling, regulated online gambling and online poker. And if other states like Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Maryland are seeing positive experiences coming out of New Jersey, seeing revenue come into the state coffers with a minimum of issues arising as a result, then I think that we're going to see some very serious movement on this issue in a way that we haven't really seen so far. I think a lot of states are really on the fence, and New Jersey, especially if they have a positive experience, it could be the phenomenon that moves a lot of states off the fence. As a result, 2014 could be a really big year for people who are looking that regulated online poker for people who are wondering when they're going to be able to get to play a game that's fair, a game they know they can trust, and a game that they, they know is credible and run the way. Okay, just so we're clear, Nevada has already launched, but right. the public at large, other states might say, well, Nevada, that's kind of an anomaly. They always had legalized gambling anyway. It's a low-population state, and it's way out there. It's not like us, but New Jersey is us. It's urban. It's the East Coast. It's right by Manhattan. People from all over the populated East Coast can just go to New Jersey. It's supposed to start the day 
after or the day before, I guess November 26th, the day before Thanksgiving. But when I spoke to folks at the Borgata, and they're going to take advantage of it, they say, well, they aren't going to be ready to do it. Who's going to be first, and are they actually going to be ready right at the starting gate of the 26th? Do you know? Yes. Uh, well, no one knows until the 26th, because obviously a, a lot of companies are talking a big game about being ready, but we won't find out entirely until the rubber meets the road. I think that we're going to see a number of companies who will absolutely be ready on November 26th at 9 a.m., which is when the switch is supposed to be officially flipped for everyone to be able to access these games. There's actually a soft launch period in New Jersey that begins on November 21st, where a selected group of individuals will be able to kind of beta test some of these rooms and basically show to the DGE satisfaction that everything's running how it should and that there aren't going to be any major malfunctions. But a number of major operators, and we're talking about you know, the Borgata and their partnership with BWIN, they've indicated that they're going to be ready. We're talking about Seedlers and their partnership with 888. They've indicated that they're going to be ready. Ultimate and Taj have also suggested they're going to be ready to go. And it may be the case, actually, that not everyone goes live with poker on that day because it is a more complicated product, tougher to regulate. Of course, you have the challenge of liquidity that you don't have with traditional casino games like slots. So we may see sort of a split in New Jersey where some companies simply go live with a casino product and some go live with both casino and poker on November 26th. But however that split goes, I feel very confident saying that you will be able to play online poker at at least one room, probably two or three on the 26th of November and be able to play casino games at a good amount more. Stay tuned. We'll be back after a break. Are you or a loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today, and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Health insurance is not required. Call 855-912-7246. You're listening to the House of Cards. Well, why don't you get back there and play some cards? Are we going to play poker? Can when I, when I have a when I have a big? Dis- I would love to watch you play cards. I would love to actually play the game. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We are still with Chris Grove. He is the author of OnlinePokerReport.com. Well, there's a chance that I can be in New Jersey with my laptop uh, on the 26th or 27th or 28th or 29th of November because I'm going to New York, and it's not that much of a detour to go uh, a little bit south of my projected route in order to take advantage of this, what do I, as an out-of-state person with a laptop computer, need to do to be able to actually play poker while I'm in New Jersey? So, you know, in theory, you shouldn't have to do much. In theory, you should just have to create an account, fund that account, which you can do from anywhere. You don't have to be in New Jersey. And then when you are within the state's borders, 
then you basically need to perform a small interaction with your cell phone that confirms to the room that you're actually located in the state of New Jersey. Now, that's the, the process, at least in theory. In practice in Nevada, we've seen that it's a little more complicated than that, that not every cell phone carrier works exactly the way that it ought to, and not every type of phone works exactly the way that it ought to. But at least in, in principle, the process should be relatively simple. Like I said, you can fill up and fund the account from anywhere, and you can always handle your banking from anywhere. It's not like you have to be in New Jersey to deposit or withdraw to handle those things online. Now, once you are in the state, it's just a matter of confirming your location uh, via use of your cell phone, and you should be able to get online and play more or less uh, just after following that simple process. How do they verify my age? How do they verify your age? So there are a number of companies that are involved in this process that are known as KYC companies or know your customer companies. They use a variety of technologies, uh, but you will be asked to provide some identifying information that basically it confirms that you are you. In simplest terms, you can kind of think about it in the same kind of questions you might answer if you were, you know, applying for a car loan, if you're going through a basic credit check. So they'll be drawing on those databases and they'll be drawing on other personally identifying information. It may vary from room to room exactly what they request from you. But the process won't be altogether different from how you would verify your identity for a simple, you know, uh, online commerce transaction. Right. Well, this is very exciting. Um, I would love to talk to you even more about it after it gets going, because I'm interested in how many states and how quickly other states will be able to replicate what they're going to do in New Jersey and what they've already done in Nevada, and how soon we may have some confederation, so to speak, of states that are now sharing their player lists and allowing for cross-state uh, internet poker, if, for example, New York and Delaware and Pennsylvania were all to to do this, would they all join together and say any people that live in any of our states can play on any of our sites? Do you see that happening? I do. I think that that's part of the next phase of this. I think, obviously, this is terra incognito for a lot of the regulators, all regulators. Obviously, regulated online gambling in the United States is not something that's really existed Obviously, we've had horse racing, but it hasn't existed in this form to date. So the first stage of, of this process is going to be all about regulators making sure that they get it right, especially those regulators that are on the vanguard. And that's why Nevada took so long with their process. That's why it has been kind of a cumbersome and slow process from the outside, because regulators are very concerned with making sure that they get this entirely new world correct. Once they start to feel more comfortable in that role, once the boundaries, the shape, and the contour of this world have kind of been more firmly established, that's when I think you're going to start to see negotiations and talk of compact. I do think that that is inevitable. The exact configurations are certainly up for debate, but I think that that's something we're going to see more talk of in 2014, probably for the second half of the year after regulators have gotten their feet planted on slightly more firmer ground when it comes to just the nuts and bolts of actually getting games up and running and making sure that, that they're operating the way that they ought to for consumers. Fascinating. Uh, just for listeners who tuned in, we're talking to Chris Grove, who is an independent consultant in the online gaming industry, and you are the developer of Online Poker Report. Tell us about that. Sure. Online Poker Report is, I, you know, like you have just been, I read so much and, and I consume so much about the industry, and I've been writing about it for so long that it's, it's hard not to have a platform for it. So Online Poker Report is a, 
originally just sort of an outgrowth of my desire to have that kind of platform to you know, help provide answers and information, especially in the very specific area of U.S. online poker, regulated and unregulated, because as much as I don't support that market, I still think it's good that there is you know, credible information about it out there so that people understand exactly what they're getting into if that's the route they choose to go down. And since then, I think we launched about a year and a half, two years ago. We slowly added more writers, slowly added more voices, and, and our goal remains to be an objective and, and hopefully an authoritative source for information about playing poker online from the United States. How do I access Online Poker Report? Is it a hard copy that I have to sign up for a subscription? I couldn't believe it would be that. Or can I get it online? You can get it online. You just go to onlinepokerreport.com and... That is it. It's actually a one-step process. <laughs> it's free? It is free. It is Such a deal. There is, there is no deal. There are no ads. It is not a commercial enterprise. It, it is solely grown out of my habit or less of, like I said, reading about, thinking about, and talking about online poker uh, for, for so long that it's almost become reflective at this point. So it is that and nothing more. Onlinepokerreport.com. I can't wait to check it out, and I encourage all my listeners to check it out and see what Chris Grove is writing about and uh, anything else that we should know about you and your poker enterprises. No, nothing else. I just encourage everybody who's interested in this topic to follow New Jersey very closely. And, and if you like what you're seeing, these are definitely things that you can communicate to regulators and to legislators in your state. This is an example you can point to of, of how a system can be run well, how it can be run profitably for the state, how it can protect those who, who need protection on, on this issue of gambling and how it can be used as a way to force out the unregulated operators to, to do very little good for players and very little good for our game in the longer run. So I'm hoping that New Jersey serves as that example, and I'm hoping that people in other states carry that example to uh, people in position of power, people in the position to do something about bringing regulated online gambling back to the United States. Very well stated, Chris. I appreciate you coming on as a guest, and I uh, hope to have you on in the future when there are more developments in the world of online poker to report on. Thanks again. Anytime, Ashley. Anytime. That's Chris Grove. He is the author of OnlinePokerReport.com. Very interesting guest. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with more House of Cards. Hey, Jersey, we want to hear from you. Send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com or leave a message at our hotline at 609-474-4627. The key to winning poker is knowledge, and winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments. Whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. 
Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Hey, this is Dave Weishaddle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of November 18th, 2013. Well, it looks like casino magnate Steve Wynn will not be building a casino in Philadelphia. Last week, Wynn dropped his bid to receive the city's second casino license. His exit leaves five competitors for Philadelphia's second casino license, three in South Philadelphia, and two in Center City. Wynn remains in the running for a casino license outside of Boston. However, his company has not yet been deemed suitable by the Massachusetts Gaming Commission. It looks like two Atlantic City casinos may have new owners in the near future. Last week, a U.S. bankruptcy judge approved the plan to allow 10 companies to bid on the Atlantic Club Casino Hotel. A buyer for the property could be selected as early as December. The Revel Casino is also exploring its options, which include a possible sale of the property as it emerges from bankruptcy. And finally, have you seen the new Justin Bieber video? I'm sure Justin hoped you missed it. TMZ has obtained video footage of Bieber attempting to steal a patrolman's bicycle while at the Palms Casino Resort in Las Vegas. Bieber was at the property to attend the Floyd Mayweather fight in September. Security eventually confiscated the bike and let Bieber go on his merry way. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to bzid.com. Bzid is your number one online auction source for brand-name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75 85 and 99% off retail. Go to bzid.com and use the offer code VIP and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code VIP to get three bids for the price of one. Go to bzid.com, B-E-E-Z-I-D.com, bzid.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. Well, why don't you get back there and play some cards? Are we going to play poker? Can, when, I, when, I have a, when I have a big decision. I would love to watch you play cards. I would love to actually play the game. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We are joined by a very special guest who is very far away from our studios. We're talking to the director and CEO of the India Poker Series, which is a poker tournament series in India. His name is Bharat Agarwala, and he joins us from his home in India. Bharat, welcome to the show. Hi, Ashley. Um, Tell us just a little bit about you so our listeners know how it is you came to be the director and CEO of the India Poker Series. 
Well, it all began about 20 years back. That's when I learned how to play poker by a friend of, from a friend of mine who had just returned from the United States after doing his graduation. And uh, I found a vacuum in India for about 17 years after that. There were no, there was very few people who used to play poker in India. And uh, India being a large country, it was difficult for people to, you know, get together under one roof and then try to play a home game. And there were no casinos in India at that time. So where were and, you living 20 years ago when you learned? And what kind of poker did you play 20 years ago? Uh, basically, uh, I've always lived in Calcutta, which is uh, in the eastern part of uh, India. And we used to play the five-card stud and the Omaha high-low at that time. Huh, interesting. We, we, we never played the, the Texas Hold'em, which is the most popular form uh, of poker in current times. I see. Where did the people you played with learn how to play poker if poker was not a regular game? You learned from somebody from the United States. Where did they learn? Uh, they were also students who had just come back from the States, uh, and they had played in their colleges over there or the universities. Very interesting. So then tell me about how poker took off in India and what part you have played in its, uh, in its boom years, the last three years. Uh, around about three years back, we saw that uh, Facebook made the youngsters learn poker because of the Facebook poker, as we call it. And just about at that time, uh, the casinos in uh, Goa, which had just started about two years before that, introduced you know a couple of these poker tables over there, which used to be mostly empty uh, in those times. And uh, then after that, as the students uh, learned poker, they made, uh, while playing Facebook poker, they, they started playing amongst themselves at, you know, in the home games at the lowest of uh, low stakes. And that's when I thought that, you know, these people all across the country have, uh, will experience the same problem as I did, that uh, I never got to play the home games or, or anywhere uh, because uh, there were not too many people playing. So that's when I conceptualized the idea of the India Poker Series about three years back that, uh, with the with the idea that I will try to get everybody under one roof, one umbrella, and uh, that's how it all began. I see. And so, I, so what is the India Poker Series, and how is it uh, different from any other kind of poker tournament? Uh, India Poker Series is basically a tournament series wherein we try to keep in the buy-ins uh, low, so that uh, you know more people can participate, especially the youngsters. We want to encourage the students uh, to come participate, get a first-time experience of live poker in a, in a tournament series, uh, which is held you know, at the best casino of India, that is Casino Royale. And uh, basically, uh, that is how you know, the entire uh, idea, the seed came about, Three years back, by the time I could, uh, you know, get it live, it was in April 2010 only. I see. How many, how many specific tournaments are covered within your series? How many are there throughout the year? 
uh, we are having a tournament every alternate month and uh, each chapter has four tournaments so we are holding uh, 24 tournaments uh, if you see 2011 and the next year we are trying to take it up and make it 32 that means eight tournaments at uh, eight, eight chapters in a year and each chapter having four tournaments i see do they all feed towards one grand tournament at the end or do they each function separately uh they each one functions uh, separately although in 2011 we had a concept in which we were trying to feed in uh, the main event of the year with the help of the uh smaller tournaments which we were having uh across the year i see so in the united states we have a skewed view i found of the typical indian family in the united states at least in the areas that i've grown up we think that everybody with the maybe one or two exceptions everybody in india is impoverished they basically have no money at all everybody's poor uh now i guess maybe we feel there are some people that have low paying jobs because when you call microsoft or a lot of companies you get connected to somebody we imagine makes a dollar or 2 dollars a day in india these are all incorrect stereotypes so even even a small buy in tournament somebody has to have some money so correct our stereotype about the typical indian so that we don't walk around thinking everybody is impoverished uh the buy ins of our tournaments are ranging from 100 dollars uh to say 500 dollars and uh the in fact the 100 dollar tournament is a rebuy tournament so effectively it works out uh, on an average to 200 to 300 dollars so we don't have any tournament which is lower than uh, 200 dollars uh buy in and in fact just next week we have a tournament which would be having a 1000 dollar buy in So in the United States we'd say well who could possibly afford such a large sum of money in in India and because we think everybody's living on the street in poverty explain how that's not the case uh that is not the case uh, in the sense that you know the uh pr- probably the image which uh, is uh, floating around about India is slightly outdated with the uh, <laughs> with uh, you know the new age technologies coming in a lot of jobs have been generated uh, these tech companies have generated a lot of jobs and uh, there are people who can definitely afford uh, you know the buyins of the range which we are uh, offering them that is between 100 200 dollars going all the way up to 1000 dollars and uh, no i don't uh, feel that you know there are dearth of uh, there is a dearth of people uh, who can afford these kind of buyins i think uh, i think that's certainly true from what i saw i just got back as you know from uh, visiting goa where my daughter yeah. was uh, and i mm-hmm. got to play at the casino royale and uh, met many many players who had plenty of money i mean they were the players i met were pretty bad and they would buy in for 2 or 4 or 600 dollars and lose it very quickly to the other players who were good but that's just mm-hmm. like here i mean you have bad players and good players 
I, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about poker outside of the Casino Royale. Casino Royale was very nice, a big boat in the middle of the harbor. Um, mm-hmm. but, but if I were to visit, let's say I went to Delhi or I went to Mumbai or your city of Calcutta, um, uh-huh. would I be able to find a game or is it so illegal that you can't even find a game if you visited those cities? Uh, as far as the legal structure goes, true. You're not allowed to, you're not permitted legally to play uh, in a, any other venue other than a licensed casino. But there are house games going around in every city, including Calcutta, Delhi, Bombay, and even uh, the smaller cities. And it's even catching up in the larger towns. And in fact, uh, some of these uh, cities and towns have uh, raked games going on, which is actually the illegal part of it. The home games are fine. If you're playing in somebody's house, it's quite fine. I see. So, so if I came to your town, if I came to your city, to Calcutta, mm-hmm. and I'm a, let's say I'm an American businessman or I'm even a student traveling around the world and I'm spending a week or two in India, what would I mm-hmm. do to find some poker? Uh, the best way to find some poker is uh, to first get connected to somebody who is in the regular circuit of that city and then ask him to put you on to one of the home games or the raked games the other option would be try to would be to try to locate uh, a home game or a raked game through facebook because social networking ah, is yes, uh, yes. which is the best way to locate a game what a good idea okay is it possible that in the next year or two there will be other places other than goa and i guess sikkim up in the northeast part of the country near Bhutan also has the beginning of legal poker casinos. Is it possible that other areas will legalize casinos or at least poker uh, in the next year or two? I am optimistic that uh, in the future uh, other states would permit. India is basically divided into a lot of states and each state has its own uh, gambling law. So I am optimistic that in the near future uh, and medium term, we should gradually see more states opening up uh, to the idea of casinos because it's going to generate tourism. It's going to generate jobs. So I see no reason why uh, the states would not open up uh, to more casinos. But there's nothing on the drawing board right now that's about to become legal in Delhi or Mumbai or Calcutta or any place else that you know of, is there? Uh, we keep hearing these stories once in a while, but nothing emerges. So we really don't get to know whether you know anything is actually emerging or not, unless somebody is in the center of everything and he is able to pass on some information. I see. But... I just see. speculative uh, news comes in. <laughs> well, it's true here, too. We just, after many years, we just legalized casinos in Massachusetts. But uh, I don't know when I'll see my first legal poker game here because it takes a while for casinos to be uh, to be built and for licenses to be granted. We have a couple mm-hmm. of minutes more. I-, I wanted to just quickly ask you about uh, people who play on the internet is internet poker like at poker stars or any of the other sites is it popular there or not 
people uh, definitely i keep hearing are playing on poker stars uh, they they play uh, the cash games on uh, the ring games on poker stars and also the tournaments they are multi tabling uh, i think they are also playing on couple of more sites like triple 8 and yeah there are a couple of more sites which people are playing but i am uh, basically a live uh, game player and i have basically almost never played uh, online Okay, I I understand I was the same way. Unfortunately, I have some money that's still trapped on one of those sites that closed and took my money, but uh that was one of the reasons I didn't want to play too much on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um are you planning any trips uh to the United States to play poker or to do anything else or do you think you'll be staying in India for the near future? Uh I do wish to have a experience of the WSOP which probably I will try to have in the forthcoming year just to get an idea of you know how uh, international tournaments are held I've been to Macau to see them uh, we had the APT very recently uh, that was the first international tournament to be held in India that to win Casino Royale Goa and uh, I want to have my experience at the WSOP and then uh, yeah gradually i do want to move further and forward from india into you know first at the asia level and then uh, god willing probably even uh, at the global level well i got to tell you if you come to the united states you were so helpful for me to make my connections to phil and to craig at the casino royale and they showed me a very very nice time i enjoyed my stay very much and uh visiting the room please let me know when you're coming to las vegas for the world series of poker and uh, i would like to fly out there and meet you and introduce you to the people i know in the tournament world out here um cuz i think they would really enjoy meeting with you barat definitely Right. I would I'm thanking you in advance for that. <laughs> okay, well we we only have a few seconds left, but is there a website that people can go to if they wanted to check out more about the India Poker Series that you're the director and CEO of? Yeah, the website is indiapokerseries.com. indiapokerseries.com. We'll we'll put it on our website. And for if there may be a few listeners uh, on the internet of House of Cards Radio and any who come there that are interested in poker in India they will be able to visit your website. So thank mm-hmm. you for joining you. us Bharat. I appreciate your time on the show. Thank you Ashley. Okay, take care. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. 
Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show? Poker questions? You just want us to know about great places to play or you just got bluffed out of a pot? Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at houseofcardsradio.com. Listening to the House of Cards. Join us online at houseofcardsradio.com. In 1949, legendary gambler Nick the Greek Dandelos came to town, squared off against Johnny Moss in a running no limit poker game that went on for four months. Crowds gathered every day to see if an out of towner could beat the best Vegas hat. Moss was up $4 million before the Greeks did and said, Mr. Moss, I have to let you go. And that's the way it usually comes out. When you take on Vegas, Vegas wins. That new bumper, uh, but I think, I think that that did they get the history wrong? I or? think it's in dispute because we had a guest on this yeah. show. Um, I forget the name of the guy um, who he did a book about Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I remember. It was, author. It. <clears throat> it was like a James McManus Cowboys full like mm-hmm. book, and he disputed the whole legend of this big game. He said that there's no contemporaneous reporting on this alleged 40, 45-day poker marathon with Nick the Greek and Johnny Moss. And he said that... Um, but you know what? We had another guest that said it happened. Was it uh, Jim Texas, McManus? Uh, no, there's a, a Texas Johnny, or what was his name, Doug? Or Johnny Hughes. Johnny Hughes, that's it. Yeah, yeah but you know, he was relying on other people's accounts, and uh, there's no contemporaneous record you'd think that the local newspapers would have something in it since it was done as a pr stunt is what it's always reported as well in the bumper the guy said 1949 so that might be a good place to start if you're researching the game yeah well it it has been researched and well in any event uh so uh, welcome uh, listeners we've just been having this lovely (laughs) conversation i'm ashley adams that's dave weishadow this is house of cards and uh, what do we got this week? Well, I usually ask you about your trips you come back from, you know, whether it be in California or the Midwest, but mm. this is a really interesting I had trip. a little short little stop. Yeah, and uh, just to get you in the mood, we uh, have some uh, mood music. You got to lift it up, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting in the mood now. You just came back from India. India, uh, that's right. Yes. Beautic, beautiful, scenic, exotic. Did it constantly sound like this? No. In fact, you know, it's very funny. <laughs> Um, I was visiting my daughter, uh, who had spent the semester in Delhi, at Delhi University, and also another school. She was enrolled in two different programs, and uh, she enough with the music. Yeah, I know. All it's right, really enough, monotonous. Enough. <coughs> she uh, 
went on vacation. The semester ends relatively early compared to U.S. schools. It ends in uh, November. So she's traveling around the country, and we arranged to meet in what at the time I thought was the only place in India that allows for legalized poker, a, a state called Goa. Goa is a former Portuguese colony on the western coast about uh, an eight-hour drive south of Mumbai, formerly called Bombay, but Mumbai is the current mm-hmm. name. And we met in Goa, and uh, I spent five days there. And uh, it's an amazing place. Anybody who's never been to India, including myself, I, I could not imagine what it was really like. It's not a place that I frankly would recommend as a tourist destination for the typical American tourist it's um, so if your daughter wasn't there, there's no way you'd be going to go. Well, no, 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 because not having gone, okay, yeah, no, and that's... not knowing what it was like, and knowing that they had poker, I may very well have gone. But now that I've been, even though it was for a short period, even though it was in a very uh, unusual part of the country, it's not typical of India. In fact, this is the wealthiest state, and it's not nearly. Uh, as crowded or bustling or poor as Delhi or Mumbai or Calcutta, uh, which I learned is pronounced Calcutta, not Calcutta, which is the way I always thought it was pronounced. (laughs) Um, But it's nothing like those places. Even so, having been there, I have really no desire to go back to India, although, man, is it an interesting place. Uh, Before I talk about the poker, I'll just tell you. Yeah, set the scene first going up there. um, I arrived at four in the morning. Okay. And from that moment on, it was surreal. My daughter was there looking beautiful and attentive and alert, even though it was four in the morning. Lose uh, a little weight there or, or no? It's, uh, was she eating well there? Or? She actually gained weight because oh, okay. she said that the diet, which I found out is true, the diet of food there is quite filled with oil mm-hmm. And uh, carbohydrates, she's not a meat eater, and uh, she kept a vegetarian diet, but there's a lot of stuff that's breaded, um, a lot of sauces that are filled with oil, Hmm. a lot of deep-fried stuff and otherwise fried stuff. So she actually said she'd gained weight. She looked terrific. Uh, This is my 21-year-old. And uh, But what was surreal, first of all, you arrive at the airport, it's very crowded, even at 4 in the morning. And it's, she negotiated for a cab. Everything is negotiated. <laughs> you you bargain over everything. I bargained for my haircut price. Uh, she actually did the bargaining, got it down to... Well, you're a union guy. You, you I know. In, you, you were in heaven. I know. Well, Poker it, and bargaining for everything. There you go. There you go. There you go. I was in negotiating <laughs> heaven. heaven. Uh, <clears throat> she did the bargaining, though, because she was used to it. And she bargained for the uh, cab fare to uh, the beach where we were staying, Baga Beach, which is about an hour north of the airport. And then we got into a cab. And from there on, until we arrived, it was like something out of uh, some surrealist movie. And here's what I mean. First of all, the landscape there is completely different from what we're used to here in really any part of the United States, but especially the Northeast. It is full, lush jungle, uh, tropics. So the roads are lined with palm trees and thick vines and uh, leaves of every kind, big plants and overgrown. And you can imagine, you know, uh, pythons snaking through. (laughs) You can imagine. You don't see that. But that's the kind of uh, landscape you see. And 
interspersed in this lush, verdant greenery are many, 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 many storefronts, which in this part of the country, at least, are shacks. They are often thatched shacks, and they look like they're falling apart. It's not that they're in disrepair. It's just that their construction is relatively uh, shabby by Western standards, and there are many of them with signs in the traditional Hindi language, which looks to the Western eye like scribbling, not to be disrespectful, but it's very (laughs) different from Arabic script or Roman script. It's this, uh, even it's, it's less recognizable than Hebrew or Arabic even, then followed by English. And often, given the fact that this is a tourist area for Russians, um, Russian. That blew me away. I, I never knew yeah. that was Russian. Thing. Yeah, right, a lot. And so you're whizzing by, and I'm trying to take in all this scenery, which is blowing my mind at how different it is from what uh, the West is. And I'm trying to absorb it because it's my first time in India. So there's that. At the same time, my daughter, who spent almost half a year in India, is telling me these incredible stories of her adventures. And I went here, Daddy, and we did this, and I climbed over here, and then I flew into this town, and this is what's going on there. And then I went to Jaipur, and then I went to Mumbai, and she's filling my ears with this incredibly intoxicating rich storytelling of what she's done and it's my daughter so i'm intent on hearing her so i've got an eye and two ears on her i've got an eye on the scenery and then because they don't drive the way we drive here they have a road that's maybe three car lengths of pavement wide and there are three cars and two motorcycles and two pedestrians Across, <laughs> and every time the the driver comes out to pass, which is constantly, he's passing the cars in front of him. I'm looking at headlights coming the other way, and they, in a, in a last second, avert hitting each other head on, and you think, oh my god, and then it happens again, and then you go off the road onto the <laughs> shoulder. There's no sidewalk there; they're just on the dirt. And then the other cars are going onto the dirt as the guy's honking his horn and the oncoming traffic is honking. And I have both of my eyes, it's like I have to have four eyes, uh, are on the road thinking I'm going to die in a head-on collision. (laughs) And then added to that, added to the incredible scenery, the incredible stories my daughter is telling, the death-defying Joey Chitwood driving stunts (laughs) that are going on in front of me are five to seven foot high Brahmin bulls walking into the road all over the place. Well, they're sacred there, aren't they? Right. Yeah. So cow. You, can't, you can't touch you them. You can't touch them. And they're, I mean, this is not like a little back country uh, street. This is a major thoroughfare, albeit too narrow for the five vehicles that are across. But people are going 50, 60 miles an hour. And then they're screeching to a halt or swerving wildly to avoid large bulls and other <laughs> cattle with major league horns uh, in the middle of the road. And this is for an hour. Wow. So <laughs> I arrived uh, just uh, after this. I mean, I suppose for people that have done drugs, it's like doing acid or eating mushrooms. It was like a hallucinatory, weird <laughs> experience that I survived. And, and was this normal for your daughter? She said, oh, it's like this all the time? Or Oh, she said, this is nothing. You oh. should see how they drive in Delhi. 
That's what she said. Wow. Really? And, oh. you know, and she, frankly, is totally nonplussed because she's telling her stories, and I'm feeling a little guilty that I'm not able to give her my full attention. But meanwhile, I'm just, you know, completely distracted. So, See, people are listening to us on the Jersey Turnpike and bitching about the traffic. <laughs> right, right. See? They got nothing. No problems. So we had a very nice three-and-a-half-day, four-day vacation on the beach. Uh, India is quite a dirty country by Western standards, uh, but the beach is still very nice, albeit there are lots of uh, dogs. Uh, these are feral dogs. I'd say wild, but that implies they're aggressive. They're totally passive, timid, intimidated dogs playing with each other, not even a little bit aggressive with humans, afraid of humans, running away from us. Um and on the beach, bulls and cows. <laughs> and in fact, uh, there was one weird scene I'm going to describe on the radio. Maybe you'll have to edit it out. Um, I was walking down the beach with my daughter, and there's one of these somewhat emaciated, timid dogs, you know, the size of a small collie, like a medium sized collie. And with its front paws on the back of the dog is a very large, black-furred ram, full horns, curved horns on the side of its head, humping this poor dog. I, I mean, I didn't even know that was possible, let alone... It's like you were in the fifth ring of hell. It was, I mean, it's like Dante's Inferno kind of... It was, it was weird. It was like, wow. I forget, who, who's that painter from the Jeez. 1400s that does the, those weird scenes uh, from hell? And, oh. Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Del Greco? No, Greco's the other guy. Uh, no. Anyway, <laughs> that guy. It was like out of one of those paintings. These weird, surrealistic scenes. That'll end it for the show and for the mailbag segment. Listeners, always nice being on and talking about poker. Good luck to you and good night or good day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.